Astoria to the Rockaways. It's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason Gacaneo. Yeah, there they are, the group that's here for the final show of 2023. Thank you very much. And thank you, Jason Kelly. Oh, <laughs> what a group. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh. All right. Wow, thank you so much. Welcome to the Queens New Yorkers final show of 2023. I am your host, Jason Icanio, for episode number 245. That's right, this is the 245th episode of the Queens New Yorker here on this December 29, 2023, the final show of 2023. Because the next time we'll see you will be on uh, New Year's Day for the 246th episode as we continue our series on television stations we're looking at this time of course we put we started with wcbs tv so we're going to do part two tonight and let me also uh, uh inform you that uh as of right now we have over seven thousand three hundred and ten listens on spotify and anchor give yourselves a round of applause for that right now yes Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. So... Thank you for the continued support of over 7,300 uh, 7, listens on Spotify. That's that's uh, getting better as we continue along here with the program. And this, of course, is the 245th episode of the show. As we look at part two of the history of WCBS-TV Channel 2, we're going to go right to it, pick up where we left off. Uh, we were in the 1996 Massacre of the Mass Firings and Format Changes. So we were right there. And this is, of course, the New Year's... Like It's like the New Year's Eve show because in a couple of days we'll be over the weekend. And New Year's Day is on Monday. So we start the 2024 year off with a bang with part one of NBC. Should be real interesting with Channel 4. So we'll pick up there. But right now we're going to finish this part two of uh, WCBS and let's continue on. When the News 2 name was put in place, a format change was also instituted, going for a faster-paced newscast with more stories, and this was reinforced by reminders that News 2 had more news and less time every time and a rundown of stories to come. A new, bold, and italicized 2 logo contained in a blue or white slanted box alongside the CBSI, replaced the long-running Futura 2 used in some form since the 1980s. The overall station branding switched from New York's Channel 2 to simply CBS 2 at this point, remaining the primary brand of the station to this day. 
And after a year, little to no progress in the ratings was made, so this format was done away with a new virtual studio format involving CGI being used to depict sections of the new studio that did not exist in reality, alongside bright orange and white graphics and a club remix of WBBM TVs. This is Chicago, Chicago's My Town theme, which the station has used in various forms for all but a few years since 1982, was tried out. Well, this did not work either. So this approach was also abandoned in favor of a more traditional newscast. The club remix of the WBBM theme would continue to be used until early 2000. In 2000, Joel Cheatwood, creator of the 7 News format at WSVN in Miami, was appointed as the station's news director. At his suggestion, the newscasts were rebranded from News 2 to the CBS 2 Information Network using content partners such as U.S. News and World Report and VH1. He also gave the newscasts more of a tabloid feel. And while considerably watered down compared to Bill Applegate's work at WBBM-TV in Chicago, John Lippman's work at KCBS-TV in Los Angeles, Fox flagship WNYW, and Cheatwood's work at WSVN, and even compared to WSVN's sister station, WHDH, in Boston, it was much flashier than had been seen on New York's Big Three affiliates. He also retooled the 11 p.m. report as a gritty, down-to-earth-style newscast termed Nightcast. And at this point, the station was sharing studio space with CBS Sports, having shared street-side studios with CBS's then-morning newscast, The Early Show, as a part of its short-lived attempt at a newscast at 4 p.m., which they had attempted in the early 1990s. It also began usage of two different music packages from Ed Kalehoff, who had composed WNBC's We're For New York campaign, and WNBC Station's package that was in use at the time. One for the formal, the normal newscast titled WCBS Grand, which began alongside the debut of the 4 p.m. news, and another package especially intended for Nightcast. It did not work, and Cheatwood was gone by 2002 in favor of New York veteran news director Diane Doctor. The station became simply CBS2 and gradually phased out the tabloid elements, the information network, and Nightcast. In its place, Doctor introduced a news-for-the-people approach, similar to that of her previous employer, WNBC. The Kale Hoff produced themes were replaced with the John Hagen produced News and Focus, which Sister KCBS had used starting in 1997 and had replaced just days before WCBS adopted the package. Several pieces of WCBS uh, Grand have since been recycled by Kale Hoff as music cues on The Price is Right under the title Grandeur. The graphics and logo mainly became blue and silver, with that color motif remaining to this day, albeit with the addition of gold, with successive graphics packages, including the last several, which have been shared with most of the other stations in the CBS O&O group. After Doctor's arrival, WCBS placed a revived emphasis on hard news, while attempting to revive some elements of its glory days. For instance, in 2003, Arnold Diaz joined the station to revive Shame on You, an Emmy Award-winning series of investigative segments. He had worked at the station from 73 to 95, leaving to serve a similar investigative role at ABC News. In December of 2005, Diaz once again departed, this time leaving for WNYW. 
Now, another segment was Eat at Your Own Risk, which highlighted unsafe conditions at New York area restaurants. Ironically, the cafeteria at the CBS Broadcast Center was cited for violations by the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Violations included the presence of rats and roaches as well as food temperature issues. And despite this and other attempts at fixes, the ratings did not significantly improve under Doctor's Watch. Doctor was criticized for airing Shame on You and Eat at Your Own Risk segments ahead of major stories. She also came under fire when Channel 2 led its 11 p.m. newscast of May 24, 2005 with a story and exclusive video of actor Burt Reynolds slapping a CBS producer while rivals WABC and NBC led with an important vote in the U.S. House on stem cell research. May 27, 2004, Dr. Fired popular sports anchor Warner Wolf three months before his contract expired without giving Wolf a chance to say goodbye on air. This incident was widely panned by several newspapers, including the New York Daily News, and the move alienated and angered many viewers. Wolf was replaced by the much younger Chris Raj, Rag, who was brought in from NBC affiliate KPRC-TV in Houston. On June 1st, 2005, Jim Rosenfeld uh, field rejoined the station to anchor the 5 and 11 p.m. newscast with Roz Abrams, who joined Channel 2 the previous year after an 18-year run at WABC-TV. The son of the former CBS executive, Rosenfield, had worked at the station from 98 to 2000 before moving to NBC to anchor Live at 5 after a contract dispute with Channel 2. Rosenfield replaced Ernie Anastas, who moved to WNYW in July of 2005. August 22, 2005, WCBS-TV launched its new Doppler weather radar named Live Doppler 2 Million. It has 1 million watts of power and is live compared to other Dopplers in the market, which are delayed about f- by about 15 minutes. Live Doppler 2 Million was the punchline of a joke on an episode of Jimmy Kimmel Live and was ridiculed on the popular Opie and Anthony radio show. The station renamed the radar in 2006 to Live Doppler, and the station also uses the Viper radar processing software. Coincidentally, transportation reporter Arthur Chen was fired from the station three months earlier after mistakenly using explicitives live on the air in response to someone from Opie and Anthony disrupting his live report as part of their Assault on the Media contest. On April 14th of 2006, Diane Doctor left WCBS-TV. The station decided to move its news department in a new direction under new general manager Peter Dunn, who axed shame on you and eat at your own risk. Doctor reportedly did not agree with the new plans and opted to leave. The station has since overhauled its graphics and anchor lineup, winning praise from media observers. In early September 2006, WCBS-TV's weather department entered into a partnership with the Weather Channel, with meteorologists from the Cable Channel often appearing on air with existing WCBS-TV meteorologists. WCBS-TV also received information from the Weather Channel, in addition to using its radars and satellite imagery. The Weather Channel featured updates with WCBS for New York City's weather on its Evening Edition program, with one of the WCBS meteorologists and forecast intros on WCBS began with now time for your exclusive forecast from CBS2 and the Weather Channel. On July 7, 2008, this partnership ended when it was announced that the Weather Channel had been sold to NBC Universal and the owner of competitor WNBC. 
November 6, 2006, WCBS made a personnel change on its noon and 5 p.m. newscast. Former sports director and anchor Chris Ragg became co-anchor of both programs, along with newly hired Christine Johnson. Both replaced Roz Abrams and Mary Calvey on those newscasts. Abrams' contract was allowed to lapse, and Calvey was reassigned to weekends as the sole evening anchor. Calvi co-anchored on Mornings with Rob Morrison, and more changes came on December 25, 2006, as John Elliott was introduced as the new morning and noon meteorologist, replacing Audrey Puente, whose abrupt breach of contract demotion led to her being allowed to become the new chief meteorologist at WWOR-TV less than two weeks later. WCBS-TV also hired Lonnie Quinn, who had been a weatherman in Miami as they phased out John Bolaris, who had joined WCBS in 2002. On June 25, 2007, Rag and Johnson added the 11 p.m. newscast to their duties, trading places with Dana Tyler and Jim Rosenfeld on the noon program. Tyler and Rosenfeld continued to co-anchor the uh, 6 p.m. newscast, and Rosenfeld Field left WCBS in May of 2008 and was replaced with recently hired weekend anchor Don Dowler. Now, in February of 2007, the ratings period, WCBS-TV finished second behind WABC. From sign-on to sign-off, its best showing in 16 years, Although most of its newscasts still finished in third place at the time, by, no, by the November 2007 sweeps period, Channel 2's local evening newscast had overtaken WNBC for second place, mainly due to declining ratings at WNBC. It was Channel 2's best news performance in 12 years, but it still trailed ABC TV by a fairly wide margin. April 11, 2007, CBS became the third New York City television station to begin broadcasting its newscasts in high definition. May of 2008, CBS led NBC by an even wider margin. However, its longtime number one newscast ratings fell behind WABC and the only other station to offer a newscast in the New York area. WCBS has been unable to reduce to regain the lead at noon since, although they were still second in New York City among the market's evening broadcasts at the time. WCBS elected to change the noon anchors again after approximately a year and put the noon broadcast in the hands of the morning news team. The then-current anchors were Maury Dubois, Maurice Dubois and Mary Calvi, with John Elliott providing weather forecasts. Dubois has since switched to anchoring the weeknight 5 and 11 p.m. newscast with Johnson with Rag moving to the early show. And since he later returned to anchor WCBS's 6 p.m. weekday broadcast with Dana Tyler and is now partnered with Calvi weekday mornings and at noon. Now, in February of 2011, Nielsen sweeps period... WCBS-TV's 11 p.m. newscast unseated ABC for first place in total households and in that time slot. WABC continued to lead in the key demographics at 11 p.m. WCBS-TV quickly lost its lead at 11 p.m. after ABC regained its status as number one at 11 p.m. And in the May 2011 sweeps, WABC-TV has since kept its number one status at 11 p.m. Recently, WCBS-TV has fallen back to third place due to an increase in ratings at NBC. 
March 12th and 13th of 2020, CBS TV's evening newscasts were produced by Los Angeles sister station KCBS TV, and its morning newscast originated from KPIX TV in San Francisco after the CBS broadcast center was closed for disinfection due to two employees testing positive for COVID-19, with weather forecasts being originated from the Weather Department's mobile broadcast unit. Newscasts resumed from, from the broadcast center that weekend. However, on March 18th, the broadcast center was again shut down and production was transferred back to KCBS-TV. On March 20th, WCBS-TV began to originate newscasts with their regular talent from, from Stanford, Connecticut. Studios of Yes Network, which were otherwise dark due to the delay of Major League Baseball's upcoming season due to the pandemic um, before moving back again to the broadcast center beginning on April 17th with the morning newscast. From 1956 until 1993, WCBS-TV carried most New York Giants games through the network's coverage of the National Football League. CBS lost the rights to the National Football Conference to Fox 94, resulting in Giants games moving to WNYW. Currently, Giants preseason games are carried by NBC-owned and operated station WNBC, with WWOR-TV being served as an overflow station at the Summer Olympics conflicts with the preseason schedule. After a five-year absence, the NFL returned to CBS and WCBS-TV in 1998 through a package of AFC games, or the American Football Conference games. The station currently airs New York Jets preseason games and most regular season games, along with occasional Giants games usually when the teams play host to an AFC opponent at MetLife Stadium or since 2014 through the CrossFlex broadcast rules. Any Giants games where they they play for another team that are moved from Fox to CBS, the station also aired occasional Jets games when they played at home to an NFC team from 1970 to 1993. And during the regular season, some Jets games are rotated with WNBC through Sunday Night Football, WNYW through NFL on Fox and Thursday Night Football, WABC-TV through Monday Night Football, picks through Monday Night Football if ABC-TV is not airing them in select. Thursday Night Football telecasts not carried by Fox's package it shares with NFL Network. And in rare cases, WWOR-TV through Monday Night Football. The station has aired the Giants' victory in Super Bowl XXI and lost in Super Bowl XXV. Or 35. In 1980, WCBS-TV aired Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Finals via an episode of CBS Sports Spectacular where the New York Islanders won their first of four straight Stanley Cups. In 2021 and 2022, the station aired the New York City E-Prix after the network acquired the rights to broadcast Formula E races. In 2002, WCBS-TV acquired the over-the-air rights to New York Yankees baseball games, replacing Fox-owned and operated station WNYW. The games produced by the next or the Yes Network remained on the station until the 2004 season. 
The rights moved to UPN affiliate, now My Network TV owned and operated station, WWOR TV beginning in 2005. And it also aired Yankees or Mets games as part of CBS's MLB broadcast contract from 1990 to 1993. And we went through all of the notable air staff and all of that, the technical information, and all the goodies. And there you have it, folks. WCBS TV Channel 2 News. There you have it. In all of its glory. Yes. Well, folks, that's going to do it for us tonight on this edition of the Queens New Yorker. I'd like to thank you all for a fantastic 2023 season. And, of course, our ninth season continues on in the new year with, of course, episode number 246. And we'll look at WNBC TV Channel 4. And that's going to be our next show, which is definitely Monday, New Year's Day. We'll have that show for you and start 2024 January 1st, 2024, with episode 246. I want to thank you all, and it's been a fantastic year, and I hope that you will take 2024 and go into it with new hopes, new dreams, new attitudes, new inspirations, and make us a part of your time. 2024. I'm really glad to have been with you these nine years, and we'll still be here next year. From all of us at the Queens, New Yorker, I'm Jason Acanio. Have yourself a great, happy, and healthy New Year. Good night.